0: Our scripture reading today comes from the letter to the Colossians. Hear now the word of the Lord. As God's chosen ones, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion kindness humility meekness and patience bear with one another and if anyone has a complaint against another forgive each other just as the lord has forgiven you so you also must forgive above all clothe yourselves with love which binds everything together in perfect harmony And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which you were called in the one body. And be thankful. May God bless our understanding of this sacred text. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Much as the changing of the seasons and the waning of the light makes me crave hot peppermint tea and homemade soup and quiet music, this time of year also makes me crave poetry. This morning, the sermon is bookended by poems. The first is a riff on our scripture. It's called Indigo Saffron White and Lovely by Michael Coffey. Clothe yourself with patience, like your indigo linen pants flow down your legs, letting every wrinkle stay beautifully messy, cuffs caressing the floor just behind. Clothe yourself with compassion, like your saffron sari hugs your midriff and moves with your belly, each inhale, exhale, one with your breath, your laugh, your cry. Clothe yourself with kindness, like your white guayabera, lightly hangs and breathes, reflects sun rays away, so your skin feels cool, with the breeze, and free. Clothe yourself with love, like your lovely skin drapes your bones, protects muscle, sheds itself liberally when its time is spent, ever dying and renewing the body beneath. St. Paul's rich metaphor of spiritual clothing is made even richer by the clothes coffee folds into the image. Patience like linen pants, compassion, a sari, kindness, a -a guayabara shirt, and love like lovely skin. If the poem were longer, perhaps we would be compelled to conjure Humility like a stocking cap pulled low across the brow. Meekness like a pair of striped socks with holes worn through the heels. I've always liked St. Paul's advice to put on virtues as one might wear a pair of mittens. It's encouraging to those of us who don't feel as though we come by patience or kindness naturally. They need not spring up from within your imperfect, selfish heart. They can become your trademark temperament if only you are diligent enough to wear them as a daily uniform. As for forgiveness, well, if it were an article of clothing, I suspect it would be an exceedingly itchy sweater beautiful on the rack, worthy of admiration when worn by someone else. But it isn't very pleasant when you are the one suffering the side effects of an ill-fitting hand-knit wool sweater. Forgiveness is uncomfortable. Though really, if we're honest, remaining in a state of bitter resentment isn't exactly as cozy as a pair of fleece sweatpants. Not long ago, on one of my early morning walks with my dog, I listened to an audiobook called Unoffendable. The author, Brant Hansen, makes the case that Christians, as God's holy and beloved, should not be participating in our pervasive culture of anger and offense. The way he sees it, Many people live in a near constant state of indignation and agitation, continually reacting to all the irritating things other people say and do. We should forfeit our right to be offended, he writes. That means forfeiting our right to hold on to anger. When we do this, we'll be making a sacrifice that's very pleasing to God. It strikes at our very pride. It forces us not only to think about humility, but to actually be humble. He goes on to say, few want to hear this, but it's true, and it can be enormously helpful in life. If you are constantly being hurt, offended or angered, you should honestly evaluate your inflamed ego. Easier said than done, right? There have been times in my life when I have been that person. Enough times that those words knocked the wind right out of me. I've heard it said that you can't be grateful and angry at the same time. You can't be simultaneously amazed by grace and consumed by rage. Gratitude requires too much of us, our attention, our humility, our wonderment. And my friends, we have so much to be grateful for. We ourselves have received the grace of forgiveness. This is why Paul insists so stubbornly that we must be willing to extend forgiveness to others. We have even received the grace of life itself. It is true that this world will break our hearts. It is still a gift to be alive in it. Everything we have, everything we are, is pure gift. When we fully acknowledge this deep truth, it gets harder to keep our grip on our favorite resentments. Many of you know that this has been a hard couple of months for my family, as my husband Ben has suffered from daily cluster headaches So painful, he is completely incapacitated by them. We began to hope that the awful season might finally end a week ago, when he saw a specialist who knew precisely what cocktail of medications to prescribe. The cycle paused just in time for Thanksgiving break. Under any other circumstances, we would have hunkered down for a time of rest and recovery after such an experience. But we have family that lives out west whom we rarely see, and they were making the trip home to Ohio for the holiday. Ben couldn't miss any more work, so the only way we could swing it was for him to fly in late Wednesday night after work, and for us to drive back home on Thanksgiving afternoon. Before my dad carved the turkey, and my mom dished out heaping servings of Grandma Watson's stuffing. Instead of a proper Thanksgiving dinner, we ate fast food on the Ohio Turnpike. But no matter. All 16 members of my family were together for a few hours. We got to listen to my dad play a Christmas tune on his soprano sax. The cousins got to braid one another's hair and put on a concert for the grown-ups. The brothers-in-law got to exchange knowing glances about the crazy antics of the Willis sisters. And Ben, well, Ben may have been back to Chicago less than 24 hours after he departed from Midway. But he got to be there. It felt like enough more than enough. Indeed, it felt like a miracle, one that I take not for granted, but with profound gratitude. Messenger by Mary Oliver My work is loving the world. Here the sunflowers, there the hummingbird, equal seekers of sweetness. Here the quickening yeast, there the blue plums. Here the clam deep in the speckled sand. Are my boots old? Is my coat torn? Am I no longer young and still not half-perfect? Let me keep my mind on what matters, which is my work, which is mostly standing still and learning to be astonished. The Phoebe, the Delphinium, the sheep in the pasture, and the pasture. Which is mostly rejoicing, since all the ingredients are here. Which is gratitude, to be given a mind and a heart, and these body clothes a mouth with which to give shouts of joy to the moth and the wren, to the sleepy dug-up clam, telling them all, over and over, how it is that we live forever. Amen.